The Nightcast. On the edge of real and cyberspace, there's one place you can go. The Nightcast. www.knithtwise.com On the edge of real and cyberspace, there's one place you can go, and you found it. Welcome to The Nightcast, the one and only podcast that tunes tech into your way of life and lets that technology work for you. My name's Nightwise, and for the coming 60 minutes, I'll be your host on this episode of The Nightcast, entitled Own Cloud. For more information and the show notes, head on over to the website www.nightwise.com, that's K-N-I-G-H-T-W-I-S-E.com, where you will find the links to everything we talk about and the nightwise.com media feed. Subscribe to this feed and get all of the nightwise.com content, the podcast, Podcasts, the screencasts, and the docucasts delivered to your favorite podcatcher automatically. If you want to send us feedback, you can. Feedback at nightwise.com is the email address, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash nightwise, or use the hashtag hashdearnightwise. Look for Nightwise on Google+, or go to facebook.com slash nightwise.com to hit us up on the Facebook Hey guys and girls, how are you today? Uh, sorry it's been a while since I've been on the air. It's been two very, very, very busy weeks and I decided that I had to get a show out today because otherwise you might have thought that I would be dead or worse. Although I'm not really sure what's dead or worse. Oh yeah, I might be dead or using Windows Millennium. Yeah, that's worse than dead. Definitely. <laughs> it's great to be back. Welcome to the show. Today we are going to talk about own cloud. We are going to talk about setting up your own WebDAV server and doing so in a very easy way. We have some community feedback, people helping us out from the uh, Wise Guys community where uh, we have a um, loyal fan, Mr. Gadgets, uh, one of the loyal Wise Guys coming up a little bit later on with his uh, little talk on our topic. And uh, so we've got a lot to cover. So enough of my chitter chatter. Let's just dive into the content and get on with the show. Welcome to the digital revolution. On the edge of real and cyberspace, there's one place you can go. The Mindcast. One of the things we all need to do from time to time is get files from A to B. I mean, uh, whether it's a PDF or an audio file or a video file or God knows what, you need sometimes to send that file across the internet to somebody else. Now, it used to be very easy. We used to have floppy disks, which were awesome. You would put stuff on a floppy disk and you would mail it. That would be like the slowest way to ship files across the planet. But believe me, I've done it. Back in the Commodore 64 days, I used to ship floppy disks with games and stuff back then. That was still, you know, something that you didn't get arrested for. Uh, all across the world and exchange these games with other people who also had software. And, you know, it was all very innocent. And uh, even if you talk about stuff, doing stuff like that today, people go like, what? But there was no MPAA or MRRIAA back then. You know, there was just geeks and games and uh, 
and a little clipper to remove the copy protection from the double-sided discs, and that's what we did. But, uh, you know, that's old old school, you know. Uh, then we got email, and we got the internet, we got email, and, and email's nice. I mean, email's nice to send messages, but email's not really convenient when it comes to shipping files. I mean, email isn't built for shipping files. And it's amazing what people try to do with email. I mean, I've seen people nudge attachments with like unbelievable sizes into email and sending them back and forth. I've seen people's mailboxes have enormous, enormous sizes with all those attachments inside and they have to be archived and back, backed up and, and looked for. And it's sometimes I, I really, you know, it boggles the mind how some people use their outlook as like a file structure and they really make a file structure in there to you know house all these attachments but email doesn't really cut it when it comes to shipping files just like you know shipping them shipping them in an envelope doesn't really cut it either but thank god we have ftp file transfer transfer protocol you need to take a simple application and you hook up to a server and you log in and you go to the right folder and you drop off the file and you know what for us geeks ftp is pretty okay aside from the fact that it's not secure but for the average lamo it's too hard i mean just imagine uh having to get a file to your grandmother it's a rather rather big file it's a file of the video that you did uh, on her birthday and you're not going to put it on youtube because it features your uncle tramping around in his underwear with his tie around his head on the dinner table so not really for public consumption so you need to get it to grand privately so she, she can have a laugh and you say like okay grand i'll put it up on an ftp server you might as well you know just hard printed to paper and put it on the dark side of the moon it's about just as reachable out there as it is using ftp because you have to have an ftp server uh, either you have one yourself or you have one in the cloud or in in the cyberspaces as it's called and then they need a client but they don't have a client because the average lamo doesn't have ftp so so they you need to have them install the client and enter all of the right things and it doesn't work and they can't find the file and it's not really secure either i mean it's ftp it's clear text i know there's sftp but uh, tried to give FileZilla to the average uh, computer user who, you know, is mostly concerned with what's the new uh, crop that I have to grow on Farmville, I can pretty much assure you that uh, FTP and SFTP are just too freaking hard. Now, that's okay. That's okay. There are, other, there are other solutions. There's these nice free file transfer services like Senduit and stuff like that. Basically, you upload the file they store it in the cloud for you for a couple of days and you mail the link to the file to somebody else. And that's nice. But the file is not on a server that you control. It's just up there in the cloud. And the link that gets generated is a randomly generated link. But there's no login and password to access the file, at least not not most of the time. That means that if somebody gets to 
you know, crack the algorithm how to make those random links, he can just start downloading whatever is on there and see what he gets. So I don't really like those file transfer services because you're not really sure that the file transfer is between you and the person you want it to be and it doesn't get downloaded by somebody else. So aside from the fact, you know, you're basically uploading it to strangers and uh, waiting for Grant to pick it up there and hope that the strangers delete the file after they... Uh, said they would. So, not really a fan. But, you know, sometimes you you need uh, not only to transfer files, you also need to store files. You know, there's there are like a lot of services out there like Dropbox and SpiderOak and Box.net, which basically allow you to put files in the cloud and access them from anywhere. And they're nice. Okay, they're not on your machine and they're somewhere in the cloud and they're probably in a server in, in the United States. And if the FBI comes knocking at the door and they say open up in there, they, uh, they just randomly hand over your files without notifying you. And there are a lot of privacy issues, but you know, hey, it just works. Yeah, it just works. Now, I'm not keeping any state secrets or some or something, so I'm not really worried about my files in Dropbox, but, you know, uh, it doesn't really feel right when you're putting some personal stuff or finance stuff up there. I don't know. I'm not really, I'm not really cool with the Dropbox and stuff like that. And now there's Dropbox and Spiderhook and Box.net, and it's all fine. It all works, but it's also quite narrow or small. They give you about two gigabytes or five gigabytes, which is nice, but sometimes it's just not enough. You need more. So what are you going to do? Well, you have a problem, don't you? Because, you know, either for shipping files around email, um, you can also only use files that are X amount of, of size because, you know, from 10 megabytes, even after 10 megabytes, Gmail even says, you know, this, this is just too big, you know, pack that file up in a big paper bag and, you know, ship it with uh, FedEx or God knows what. So emails can, is, is, is too small a file size. FTP is just too complicated for grand. We talked about this. File transfer services don't have an authentication, just a random URL, and, you know, they're basically out there. And Dropbox, Spiderox, Box.net are not your server. There might be privacy concerns, and you have limited space. So you need to have technology that kind of works for you to um, kind of have an easy way to host your files Somewhere where you trust it, that they are safe, so you can access them from anywhere using a client or a browser or a drive, I don't know. Being able to securely host those files so you can access them or other people can, but only the people that you want them to, and that you just about have all of the space that you need. You also want technology that works for you in a way that you can have a cross-platform way of accessing those files, getting to them. It's not like, oh, can't get to my files. I'm on a Windows machine. Oh, can't get to my files. I'm on a Mac. You need from any system, and that can even be your mobiles, uh, your mobile systems, you want to be able to access those files. And you want to be able to do so securely, of course. I mean, FTP is nice, but if people can read along, it's not really convenient or safe or secure or what you want. So you want to be able to access those files securely and make sure that only you or the people that you give access can access those files. 
And of course, um, you want this to work presumably on your own server, on your own terms of service, on your own web space or disk space, and, you know, to have it be your own technology. Well, I've looked long and hard, and I've found something. So today, we are going to talk about OwnCloud. The Nightcast. Life on the edge of real and cyberspace. <laughs> OwnCloud can be easily described as the open source answer to Dropbox. That's short and sweet. Basically what it is, uh, OwnCloud is a service that you install on your Linux server and that enables you to share, upload, and download files to several users, each with their own, you know, security container where they can access files, upload them, and download them. You can access um, OwnCloud via your browser, via the WebDAV protocol, and via a variety of clients on several systems that you have on either your Windows, your Mac, your Linux, or your mobile devices. Short and sweet. Now, why do you want it? Well, why did I want it? Well, I'm into multimedia, as you might know. I do a podcast, and that means I have files to ship across the planet. You know, uh, episodes of the Aussie Geek podcast, recordings of the Nightcast, audio comments, God knows what. Sometimes it doesn't really fit in an email. No, no. The 10, megab- the 10 megabyte email file size limit uh, does present a pain in the butt for me from time to time. So I thought, you know, I need some way to get files across the planet, uh, which does not involve uploading them uh, as attachments to email. So there are other services out there, as I mentioned. You've got like Dropbox, which is nice. Uh, I've got Dropbox. Uh, got a free account with Dropbox, and it's pretty full. I've got two gigabytes there, and it's pretty full. I mean, there's a lot of cross-platform stuff that I use on there. And when I've got big audio files and I want to drag them across there as well, it kind of fills up my entire Dropbox. And even if I want to share them out using my public folder, I end up going over my storage limit and if people share stuff with me on Dropbox it kind of does the same thing and doesn't really work. I want my Dropbox to work for my stuff not for sharing because I don't have the space and I am too cheesy to buy more space because quite frankly Dropbox also syncs to a server somewhere in the States and you never know. I'm not paranoid or something like that but you know it's not my own server and why not try to do this myself i mean you also have the file sharing services which is nice uh you know i upload a file and it goes somewhere and i get a link and i send it through but you know sometimes i want to just store files for a longer period of time than the seven days that the uh, file upload services like send you it allow you to do so i don't really like them either so of course i can use my own service I've got a Linux servers running, so why not use them? And it kind of works. I mean, I've got a Linux server. I enable the SSH server on it, and then people can access the folder using SFTP, which is nice and secure, um, and um, which allows them to drop off and pick up files, and it's all fine. It's on my own server, and it's nice, and it's too darn complicated for some people. And 
um, whenever I want to give somebody access to files, I need to make an account on that server, log into the user, to the Linux server, make a user account, make that user account a folder, give him access, put the files there, stuff like that. A lot of paperwork. The only other downside with my uh, Linux server is that I've got a bunch of files on there that I share out with people. And sometimes I want them to pick and choose the files that I want them to have. But, you know, they log onto your server and they see this enormous database of stuff and they go like, oh, that's nice. I can download like everything. And they do. Instead of just cherry picking the files that they want to, because they can just select all and drag them over, they do. Also, not really convenient. <laughs> so I thought I need something simpler. I need something where I can, using a browser, make accounts for people, upload files, download files, have people be able to access those files, and if possibly, access those files using my own uh, systems as well. So I came across OwnCloud, and OwnCloud does just that. Installing OwnCloud is ridiculously easy. It is basically a WebDAV server, which is a technology that was developed to remotely read, create and access files using your browser. Uh, you can do it, uh, it it's kind of a, a, a form of FTP using HTTP and it's supported by most operating systems. Now, installing on cloud on Ubuntu, as I said, is ridiculously easy. You just, you know, open up a terminal and type sudo space apt-get space install space owncloud. Owncloud will install. It's as easy as that. It does require some dependencies, Apache and SQL and stuff like that, but guess what? Owncloud will take care of it. Even if you don't have a Linux server that has LAMP, Linux, Apache, MySQL, PHP installed, Owncloud will take care of itself. It will install the dependencies that you need to have. Once OwnCloud is installed, now please make sure that your Linux machine has a static IP because otherwise it might be kind of hard to find it back. Surf to HTTP colon slash slash the IP address of your server slash OwnCloud. Log in with your user, your, your uh, user account. You'll be presented with a login screen, your user account and your password. And you can up and download files to your leisure. Now, when you do this for the first time, when you log in for the first time, you will be presented with a setup screen. And that setup screen will um, ask you what the root SQL user is. And now the root SQL user uh, is um, a user that you need to create in order to be able to uh, create more users for your own cloud environment because user accounts get stored in the SQL database. So once you log into OwnCloud for the first time, it will ask you for your username, for your password, because it's a setup wizard, just enter your username and your password, but it will also ask for the SQL root user. Take a different password than your own password there, punch it in, write it down, keep it safe. Next time, when you go to the IP address of your server slash own cloud, you'll be presented with a login and a password page. Now, I'm going to log into mine, as I uh, do most of the time. Where's my server? 
Uh, let me just uh, slash own cloud. There you go. And uh, when I go there, I am presented with a nice logo and a login and a password. You just log in. There you go. Now, this is straight from my browser, which is really, really nice. So I'm presented with a window that basically has uh, my files that I uploaded. And I have the option to select files and either download or delete them. And I can also upload files or um, uh, make new folders in my own cloud directory, which is nice. Own cloud will also ask you where you want to store all those files, of course, but that's not really hard. Just uh, take the directory that own cloud gives you or point it towards an external media drive. Once you've logged, you've done the setup and you've uh, logged in and you go to the settings, you can actually make new users. Um, you can also have our own cloud work over HTTPS, which is also nice. You can have own cloud do an automatic backup. Uh, it doesn't, uh, it stores that on a, on a different directory. So it will store all of the own cloud files on a different directory. And you can set that up uh, in the setup screen. And uh, with the user management screen in settings, you can just, you know, add or remove um, users, which is very, very handy. There are some extra plugins that you can uh, install for basically uh, being able to play files in your own cloud environment. Um, but that's, you know, what you have as defaults are like the possibility to have uh, audio files played uh, back and texts viewed in own cloud without having to download the files. So that's how easy it is. You've installed own cloud, you've run through the setup wizard, you create a user for yourself, you create some users for your friends, and they can up and download files to their leisure. Very nice and very, very simple using the browser from basically anywhere. But that's not all what you want to do. Of course, you also want to access it with your clients. That is something we'll get into it into right after this. OwnCloud was actually designed by the people from KDE to find a simple way to interface their file manager with some form of cloud storage. And WebDAV was ideal to do so because most of the um, modern operating systems, and I also think that includes Windows, are able to mount an own cloud folder as if, as if it were a drive in the file manager. So in Linux, you can just mount a... Um, WebDAV folder, which is basically what an own cloud folder is, by entering WebDAV, um, by entering go to server and then entering WebDAV colon slash slash, the address of your server, that would be the IP address or the full DNS name, slash own cloud slash WebDAV slash own cloud dot PHP. So to mount the file in Linux, just go to go to places, connect to server, and choose webdav colon slash slash name of your server slash own cloud slash webdav slash own cloud dot php. Which is nice because then you have a mounted drive that is your own cloud server. 
It will ask you for your credentials. If you enter your credentials, you'll be directed to the own cloud folder of that user and just be able to drag and drop files on there, which is really nice. This also works sweet on a Mac. It just mounts the drive, which is really handy. So you can just, you know, very easily mount the correct uh, own cloud drive or webdav drive uh, on your finder. You, so you can just drag and drop files over. Um, it just works pretty well. It doesn't work as fast as standard file sharing, of course, but that's because it's not on your server. If it's on your LAN, it will be pretty fast. But if your own cloud server is somewhere on the internet, your bandwidth will, of course, vary. So accessing it with your native operating system is pretty handy. Just using the webdav command it works on all of the operating systems, even the Windows one. Now, mobile clients, that's another thing. There is, uh, There are some uh, cool applications out there that allow you to connect to... Um, a WebDAV drive, which is your own cloud drive. Uh, there's one called WebDAV Droid for Android, which allows you to enter the, the address of your WebDAV server and log in. And for iOS, there is, of course, GoodReader. The great thing about GoodReader is that you can not only mount the own cloud WebDAV folder, but you can also sync it for offline use, which is really convenient and uh, for, for for the mobile clients that I've seen out there those are GoodReader is the only one that really does that so accessing your own cloud server from your Android requires WebDAV Droid which is free and from your iOS device I would recommend GoodReader or there are some other free WebDAV clients out there as well but they are not as feature rich as GoodReader now we come to the question. I have some functionality on Dropbox that enables me to basically sync down the Dropbox folder to my desktop. When I'm offline, I can make changes, and when I reconnect, I can just sync up and just go uh, go on my merry way. That way, I have access to the uh, you know limited amount of files on my uh, Dropbox folder from wherever I are, I am, whether I'm offline or online. I haven't found an application that does this with an own cloud um, machine. I have taken a look at SparkleShare and it should do it, but I think SparkleShare wants you to use SSH. And I've taken a look at some uh, version, some uh, Windows versions. Uh, Always Sync allows you to sync with an own cloud folder. Good Sync. Uh, on OSX and Chronosync on OSX also do it. But I haven't found one that really works for me. So here is where I kind of called in the favors of my community. I tweeted about this and I said, like, what I actually want to do is I've got OwnCloud, which is great. I can access it using a browser, which is fantastic. And I can just mount the folders that I want to mount uh, using the WebDAV protocol which is even better. But now I want to be able to synchronize those folders for offline use. I put out a Twitter call and we got a message back from uh, Mr. Gadgets who kind of 
talks about the topic, but also kind of goes all over the place. But I don't want to uh, keep this great voice uh, mail from you. And so we're going to get to that a little bit later on. The point is that we haven't really gotten there yet. We haven't really found that solution where we can do with our own cloud server and some kind of local client what we can do with Dropbox and the Dropbox client. So we are going to look into that a little bit further and I'm going to release Mr. Gadgets upon you uh, with his take on the story and then we'll be back to round up. Interactive routines started. Incoming mail transfer. Listener feedback time. Nightwise, it is Mr. Gadgets, it's Bruce. In Kansas City, thought I would give you a call with some thoughts about this whole Sinky project that you have going on with the open source kind of replacement to Dropbox. So this is kind of interesting to me. I can see where you're coming from here because you have uh, not only ownership of the files, but you also don't have to pay any kind of monthly fee other than whatever your data fees are for getting to this data. So uh, I'm with you on this, and I, th I think it'd be interesting. I'm with you also on the whole slider thing, right? So I'm, I'm wanting me a, a solution that'll slide across all the, the different platforms. I sent you a link to, did a little research, and I found uh, a, a big old mess of links uh, of 30 different open source uh, or free kinds of syncing of folders kind of tools. And uh, I know at one point, I think your your situation here is, uh, you know, the SSH or WebDAV. Uh, I happen to have access to some online storage that I've paid what I thought was a more reasonable fee. Uh, and uh, it could slide at least to most of my platforms because it had WebDAV access. So the fact that I could get to this via uh, Secure FTP as well as WebDAV with the online storage was of much interest to me because, of course, I can just map that as a drive for access to files as long as I'm online. But I'm figuring that that's not really going to be uh, useful enough for you. You're really trying for the whole Dropbox experience, which includes syncing the files to the local machine so that they are available for you when you're offline. And uh, so in that regard, of course, you need to be able to sync uh, a folder uh, and any subfolders within that folder, a la Dropbox, up to and down from. You'd want two-way syncing, of course, in order to do that. Now, immediately, rsync would come to mind because rsync does have, I think, a version that's available on all of the major platforms, uh, be they, you know, uh, the, you know, well, all the major real operating systems, right? Linux, all the flavors I think. Uh, Mac OS has a version of rsync and so does even Windows, I think. There's even a Windows version. Uh, 
by default, our sink is not two-way, right? You define, I want these files from here to go there, uh, and not uh, a both-ways proposition. Unisom, I know, is available, and I think it's across all the major operating system platforms. Either one of those, I'm not enough of a rsync wizard, and I haven't really played around to a great extent with Unisom. Uh, I'll get back to those. For a unique aspect of Dropbox that I personally like, and I don't know if you're wanting to uh, duplicate that. As far as the mobile devices, most of those are set up so that you only have access to the files, obviously, when you are online, and it will allow you to download those locally. I don't know of the equivalent of this uh, in terms of the Android side of things. I do know that our good friend Goodreader will connect to a WebDAV uh, online storage. So that would essentially, within Goodreader, give you local storage of the files and give you the access to those files uh, if you can connect to it with WebDAV. I believe Goodreader will even do FTP. Not sure. When it comes time to actually get the files up there initially, uh, if you're not going to use rsync or uh, you know Unisom or some other syncing kind of uh, functionality, where essentially you can restart because the syncing is you know has a possibility of being interrupted and you might need to you know sync it up again. Uh, I suppose that getting the initial files onto the drive is not as much of a problem if it's not real online storage. But when you're talking about moving lots and lots of files, I have found that with my online storage, where it really is a truly a local drive and I can't just hook up with the USB or uh, Ethernet if it's a SAN or whatever it is that you're going to have, I have found that uh, the most reliable way to get those files up there is not to copy to a WebDAV, it is indeed to uh, use secure FTP to move massive amounts of files up onto online storage. So I don't know what your scenario is. Do you get the files up there initially uh, by directly connecting the storage device to the computer and copy them all up there directly and then you're just dealing with file by file change by change, sync little changes, or are you going to treat this as an online storage solution that let's say you're going to have the online storage and uh, your mother-in-law and, and father-in-law, uh, you, you know, I know your father-in-law is techie, he's going to connect up to this and you're going to provide online storage to him also. How's he going to get those files up there? You might want to use a, uh, a FTP client to initially get the files over the wide area network, uh, uh, you know, uh, connection rather than copying to WebDAV. I just found that not to be the most efficient. WebDAV seems to be very efficient file by file once you get all those gigabytes of files up there, but it's what's the best way to get the gigabytes of files up there? Just from my personal experience here. Getting back to the, oh, and so if I had an equivalent to Goodreader, which I have legitimately searched, for the equivalent to Goodreader, and it just doesn't exist. 
So feel free to play this on the show if you think any of these ramblings are worthwhile enough to talk about. And, you know, somebody needs to write the equivalent of Goodreader for Android because I haven't found it. And I have looked uh, pretty seriously off and on. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, so, if you had the equivalent of Goodreader with all of its wonderful ability to connect to services, download things, that would solve our client problem on the uh, you know Android side. There are some Android web dev clients, so as long as we can establish a web dev, and I'm sure there are Android FTP clients, so that would allow you to download those to the local machine. I would just rather have a kind of nice centralized, the thing I love about Goodreader, I don't know about you, uh, the thing I like about Goodreader is it's kind of my hub, right? Everything is in Goodreader. I don't have to go looking for it, things in 8 million places. If I'm going to download it off of a server and have it on the local machine, I don't even bother with the Dropbox uh, client. I download it with my connection to the Dropbox service in Goodreader. So I've got everything in one hierarchy to be able to, you know, pull it back off. And there's not really an equivalent that I found for Android for that. So, somebody listening to Nightwise, <laughs> uh, if you're a Android developer and you want an idea for a app that could make you money, write something like Goodreader for Android. People will beat a path to your door. Okay, so, one of the aspects of the real operating system way of things, uh, I think... Dropbox has always had it right, and everybody else kind of imitates them in that the syncing doesn't happen of all the files to the mobile device because that would, especially if you have a larger Dropbox account, and I'm assuming that the whole idea behind this is I'm going to have 50 gigs or 100 gigs or a terabyte of storage online with this open source solution. At least that's what I plan on having, right? is terabytes of data that I can get to online once uh, you work all this out first night ways and show us how to do it. So, <laughs> uh, if this is indeed going to be uh, implemented similar to Dropbox, I've always agreed with Dropbox, you don't want everything down there. You want to just bring down to the local machine those things that you want to have on the local machine. And even Goodreader, right? You can bring down the individual things there to load them into the Goodreader kind of data storage. Likewise, I can upload things to uh, the other you know, location. And I believe I've got update capability in Dropbox also. Don't quote me on that because, like I said, I don't use Dropbox that much. But I'm sure you've got upload capability there in Dropbox too. So the question is... How do I imitate Dropbox and its syncing? I believe with either Unisom or uh, any one of those other kind of syncing tools that were on that list of 30 different ones, and I still have to go through the list to take a look at those. It's a all kind of a thing. And of course, that's initially how Dropbox works. And you know, when you're dealing with your initial two gigabytes free of Dropbox or even the extra, what is it, about a half a meg, uh, half a meg, uh, there's about a half a gig that you can add to it if you do the right number of jumping through hoops of telling your friends about it on Twitter and 
posting on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So if you do a few little offery things, you can get about 2.5 gigs or so free. And 2.5 gigs is plenty for most people. Don't ask me how Dropbox makes a living out of giving all that storage to people. But uh, the thing that's interesting about Dropbox, once you start buying yourself a significant amount of storage, and the thing that is in common with some of the other ones, let's say the other major one in Linux that I think is comparable to Dropbox in terms of the syncing and stuff is, and you can buy yourself a reasonable amount of, of multiple gigs of storage, is only on Ubuntu, of course, but the, the uh, Ubuntu One, right? Isn't that what it's called? Anyway, the Ubuntu online storage, right? And you can buy yourself a pretty reasonable price for 20 gigs. You want some extra storage. When you start using Dropbox, the newer versions of it will allow you, kind of machine by machine, to go in and decide whether you want to have all of those subdirectories, all those subfolders within the master Dropbox folder synced or not. And I don't know whether Unisom uh, will address that. And I don't guess I'm smart enough in my magic spells with rsync, even though I think you can with the right rsync kind of spells back and forth, you can get it to sync both ways rather than just taking everything from here and put it over there if it doesn't already exist. What I'd kind of be interested in, and maybe this is something, if you think it's worthwhile, that we could work on together, is some kind of script that would allow me to actually read a configuration file, maybe even a tiny little GUI, to be able to check a box or not check a box of the hierarchy of what's the folders that are available in my online storage. And on this particular laptop, I don't want it to bring down everything, but on uh, obviously on the main machine, I want everything to be synced. But I can make individual choices, and then maybe a little rsync script that... Uh, or a little script that reads that configuration file and determines what I'm supposed to sync for this machine and then cycles through and rsyncs the stuff. Is that overly complex? Is there some rsync magic spells that could do this that I'm just missing? I don't know. I think that would be kind of slick. And it's really when you get to that point that you're really kind of imitating what some of these clients that are available on the operating systems where they are available uh, are doing in terms of giving you extra control about what is on the individual machines. Your laptop with a smaller drive, you only want certain things downloaded to it. Your work laptop, you only want a couple directories that have work-oriented things synced to it, maybe not your entire music library on a smaller drive, but sync everything when you're backing up to your brother-in-law's house 
where we've got another one of these set up so you can have automated backup going on. We're getting into duplicating Mosey as well as Dropbox here. And some extra control of that, and maybe a nice GUI to control that. That'd be pretty slick, and I don't know whether any of these things that are sync folders kind of clients are oriented towards that. So that would be another question I'd be asking myself. And, of course, it's another question I'll be listening to you to answer because by the time you get this, when I'm sending it off to you, I you may already have the show already prepped and ready to go, and it'll be in my queue tonight to uh, download things. It is worth noting that it is the year of our Lord, Jan 2012, on January the 18th, when I'm recording this. And, of course, that's the SOPA and whatever the other one is that I can't, you know, think of acronym protest day. And so some of my research that I wanted to do today on some of these issues were completely flummoxed by the fact that several major sites, including some podcasts that I heard interesting things on, were protesting SOPA and were not available. So, yeah, I'm kind of experiencing, I don't want this internet where sites aren't available because, you know, I want to be able to look at my stuff and, and find out about things. One of the interesting things, now, here's a whole thing out of left field. And you probably haven't thought about this, but, you know, it'd be kind of cool, and it would be kind of trippy, and it would be kind of interesting. And that is, there is something that this guy on Talk Geek to Me was talking about on the Hacker Public Radio, you know, uh, episode from yesterday, I think it was the one from 17, uh, and he was talking about a new project that was called Share, I believe was the name of it, but see, I was trying to get to his notes, his show notes, and his show notes weren't available off of Hacker Public Radio because it shut down for the 18th. Grr. Uh, so <laughs> I can look into it uh, if you can't find it, and I can try to find out more about it. He was talking about this Share thing, and the interesting thing I thought about Share was it was using BitTorrent to actually share your files with a group of people who you wanted to share the files with, not the entire world. So I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting because if you used BitTorrent and you had this idea of I've got other people who are also running this open source solution and being able to share the load of, of, you know, the segments that make up the file, you can have your own little world, and in theory, not only could I have my files being backed up on a computer that my cousin has down in New Orleans, but also my brand new son-in-law uh, and uh, his new wife, my youngest daughter, who are on their way back to Missoula, Montana, and he's got computers up there, and at my other son-in-law's house, and at my best friend's house, and those could all be in a whole network, and I could be backing up their files on my machines, and he, 
and likewise we can be backing up my files on their machines multi-redundant backup of the files and when you're trying to access the files if we had a BitTorrent client available is there a BitTorrent client available for iOS or are we going to have to I don't know I just kind of like the idea of that because if you're going to access the file then you had a torrent kind of access to it then all the bits and pieces that are spread out across all these things I mean I could even have my files on your drives there in Belgium and likewise yours here and all those little bits could just be routed from whoever had the bandwidth to be able to provide them to you and it's a private BitTorrent network I don't know this is this is sounding very interesting to me so now probably tomorrow because I won't be able to see the sites that I want to get to today but I might look into torrent kind of clients that are available on the mobile devices because where I'd really like to have this of course is on the mobile side right so that I could torrent in can you hook up to torrents with Goodreader that would just be cool uh, <laughs> anyway uh, speaking of cool the ever cool Nightwise, ladies and gentlemen. Don't try this at home. He is a professional, trained professional. So, uh, this is assuming anybody ever hears this, except for you, Nightwise. And it's needless for me to say, but I will say it once again. You rock. Your shows are always fantastic. I always wait in anxious anticipation for the next time I can hear your dulcet tones speaking on some podcast or another and what little I can contribute in terms of sending you links or just wild ideas like this to maybe cogitate and come out with a much better idea than anything I would suggest. You know I am always more than happy to contribute in any way, shape, or form that I can. And with that, I will wish you a Happy New Year because I haven't uh, sent anything off to you since the passing into this new year of the apocalypse and look forward to hearing your podcasts of course and uh, I will be contributing to HPR on at least for the first part of the year a less frequent uh, basis because the calendar is already filled up with other interesting stuff to hear and so uh, I got one scheduled to come up which is my first heresy of the year of the apocalypse so if the Mayans are right, 2012 is the year of the apocalypse. We should have some heresies, and uh, my first one is scheduled to happen in, uh, in an upcoming week here, uh, which has to do with the antiquated types of computer languages that we're still writing everything in. And I'm questioning, why are we still using some of those, and why aren't we using programming languages that were are more efficient, more productive for programmers for the 90... 8 and 44, 100% of the time when it's more than fast enough to get the job done. So, uh, looking forward to that heresy, uh, <laughs> if you're listening to me on my HPR side of things. And uh, I've got other ones in mind. Don't worry, I've got three uh, a three-show package already in mind here. The first one is in the can and already there, and the other two will be coming up here later on in subsequent months. Talk to you later. And, uh, well, bye now, 
everybody be safe and happy out here on the digital frontier. Bye now. Well, thank you for that, Mr. Gadget. If you want to check him out, he does a regular podcast on the HPR, the Hacker Public Radio podcast, and I absolutely love, love, love Bruce's recordings because he's so feisty and chipper and a deep, 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 deep geek who I absolutely adore. Thank you for that. That's about all we have time for this week. I hope you really liked our little episode on uh, making your own own cloud. You're owning your own own cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not really a deep te- technical one because it's quite easy to do for yourself. And I must say, try it because uh, you want to play around with that. It's really easy. It's not really sophisticated or hard. But if you want to share files across the internet easily or have your own little piece of cloud storage, it works really, really well with the added value that if you want to share files out, all people need are a browser and a login and you can easily administrate administrator, minister, administrator, server, 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 I need coffee. I really do. You can really administer that server using only your browser. So, own cloud, works on Linux, works also on, uh, on, 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 on uh, other versions of Linux than Ubuntu, by the way, but is easily installed on Ubuntu. Works with every browser, works with every operating system, works with every mobile operating system, is a cross-platform sliding cloud source storage solution, and it doesn't cost you a dime. Until next week, I was Nightwise, always your host. You know how to get in touch with us. Feedback at Nightwise.com is our email address. Um, Twitter.com slash Nightwise for Twitter. Facebook.com slash Nightwise.com for Facebook. And of course, just Google Nightwise in Google Plus and you'll find us there. By the time I get back, I hopefully will have completed the move of the nightwise.com website to another server. We are doing some big, big uh, construction works in the background, and that is also why the show is a little bit on the late side. But I'm not going to give you uh, a lot of details about that. It'll just, it'll just surprise you when it happens. We switch over the A record, and you'll be presented with a whole new... I don't know what... I don't know what, I won't tell you. It's a, it's a big secret. It's a big secret. We're working on a underwater rocket missile jetpack or something. I don't know. But until then, enjoy your own cloud. Hope you install it. Give it your feedback about how it works out for you and if you have any nifty ideas. And if you find the offline syncing client that does it with a web dev, you'll let us know. I know you'll let us know. And we will herald you as a hero for it. Until then, let technology work for you instead of the other way around. And uh, enjoy your week. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for coming to the edge of real and cyberspace. You have been listening to the Nightcast. Send your feedback, questions, promos, or rants to nightwise at nightwise.com. Or Skype us on Nightwise. For more information, visit the site on www.nightwise.com or look for us in iTunes by searching for the Nightcast. Please remember, there's a real world beyond cyberspace, but it's not all that important.